Good news. The Robot World Cup has begun. You can vote for your favorites on our Instagram at 50 Years of Shit Robots. Repeat. Vote for your favorites on our Instagram at 50 Years of Shit Robots. I've just about had enough of you. I'm more than machine. Oh, Hello and welcome to another episode of the smash hit podcast, 50 Years of Shit Robots. Uh, I'm Matt Brown and with me as ever is Stephen Murray, Senior Lecturer in Film, TV and Journalism at Teesside University. Word up. Hello. The premise of the podcast, 50 Years of Shit Robots, is something that you have thought of so what is it? Between 1927 and 1977, which is bookended by two lovely robots who are very similar, there is a wasteland of shit robots. That's right. But there are going to be some episodes like this one where we step outside those 50 years and we look at shit robots that have existed outside of that time frame. We've also been asked specifically to cover the robot that we're going to be chatting about in this episode. So the shit robot on on the uh, autopsy table today is, <laughs> is the star of the uh, eponymous... 80s TV show, The Metal Mickey Show. It is Metal Mickey, the 80s robot. Wow, what a physique. Wow, Metal Mickey lives. Did you watch it in the in the? I 80s? knew, I knew of him, and I will have watched some episodes, but no, it wasn't my, wasn't my bag. Not your bag, no. No, I was a Star Trek fan. <laughs> and Star Wars had just had, had come out as well. You can't, you can't go for Star Wars to Metal Mickey. You just can't. Okay, so in case you don't know uh, who Metal Mickey is, then Metal Mickey was a robot who was created and I suppose puppeteered by and voiced by a guy called uh, Johnny Edward. Full name? What is his full John, name? Johnny John Edward Flux. <laughs> is Flux a uh, is that a an invention of his? I don't think so. Uh, he can't he did be have called a... Flux. That can't be his surname, is it? This is your job now to find out now. <laughs> Hang on a sec. Hang on. Uh, yeah, John Edward Flux. Maybe it is his surname. Oh, I can. I can now. Now that you've asked, I can give you a little little uh, biography uh, of his. So he was born in 1945. He was a British musician, writer, and record producer as well as the creator of Metal Mickey. As a mu musician, he was a guitarist in the R&B group The Manish Boys, mm -hmm. whose lead singer became... David Bowie. That's right. He was in... Uh, but he was known as David Jones then, wasn't he? Yeah. So uh, he was billed as John Purple Knees Edwards in that band. Uh, and in 1965, they released I Pity the Fool... <laughs> I mean, the 80s TV connections don't stop, do they? They don't at uh, all. With them releasing f uh, future Mr. T's catchphrase as B.A. Baracus in the 18. Looks like he produced lots of things. And then it says uh, Edward created the 1960s-inspired robot Metal Mickey, voiced by Edwards with a catchphrase of Boogie Boogie Boogie. 
So Metal Mickey first appeared on a show called The Saturday Banana in 1978. After that, Humphrey Barclay, um, a British comedy executive and producer, saw Metal Mickey on Jimmy Savile's Jim Will Fix It programme. Now, for listeners outside of the United Kingdom, uh, Jim Will Fix It was a, a TV show in the 1980s. Did it start in the 70s as well? Yeah, 1975 to 1994. It was a 19-year, hugely popular wow. television Wow, was it 19 program. years? 19 years on the telly. Oh, my God. And uh, where a DJ and TV presenter called Jimmy Savile sort of made kids' dreams come true. However, after Jimmy Savile died, uh, it was discovered that he was Britain's most notorious paedophile. Um, if you want to find out more about it, then I suggest you Google it um, yourself, because I don't really think we should be giving him any any airtime on this no. on this show. So, but Humphrey Barclay saw Metal Mickey on Jim Will Fix It, um, and that led to him wanting to create a TV show, which he did in 1980. So between September 1980 and January 1983, the TV show. The Metal Mickey Show was born, and Mickey Dolenz, formerly of Monkey's fame, uh, was brought in to produce and direct the series. Uh, apparently, the show attracted viewing figures of around 12 million at its peak. You'd kill for that these days. You would, wouldn't you? I mean, that's unheard mm-hmm. of. Like, EastEnders, Coronation Street don't get that sort of, those viewing figures these days. So, first of all, I mean, what do you think of the look of Metal Mickey, Stephen Murray? It's R2-D2 with human eyes and a mouth and arms. It just literally, the, the top head, the head is the shape of the top of R2-D2. Yes, it is, isn't it? With some, It's got sort of like hand, handly ears sticking out of it. Yeah. And it's the same blue, blue colours that's on R2-D2. Yeah. Uh, but he's got some sort of um, strange metal shavings for hair. He does. <laughs> I wonder why they felt the need to put those on. Do you think that's because it looked too R2-D2-y otherwise? Uh, probably, yeah. Copyright reasons. <laughs> but the odd thing is that, that, that Star Wars came out in 1977 and this is 1980. So was he just tinkering around and building his own R2-D2? There's very little information on him creating Metal Mickey. Yet it seems quite accomplished when you see it. Yeah, it does, isn't it? I, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you saw... The I Love 1980s show had a had a an insert about Metal Mickey with Mickey Dolenz talking about about the experience of working on it, and he talks very fondly about it. And he says of John Edwards, Johnny Edwards, he said he was sort of like this, a, a, a kind of like a genius, a bit of a grumpy genius. Um, but he he maintains that he has never seen puppeteering before or since that was as good as Johnny Edwards. He wow. said it was just remarkable to see it happening. So I guess that that Metal Mickey's body is remote controlled, yeah, puppeteered by Johnny Edwards, and but also now the voice though I find interesting because I can't work out whether that is done. Do you think that's done live? Is that just him like speaking through like a vocoder or something like that? Oh, that's quite interesting. Do do you think they dubbed it in afterwards? I don't know. When I mean, you're watching it though, they do react to the robot. They do, and. It's, but it, even now, I mean, now it's it's very hard to to make out everything that Metal Mickey's saying. It is, yeah. 
I feel so poorly. I probably got galloping butt-rotten. Nobody cares. The voice is incredibly robotic. It's incredibly flat. Uh, he delivers all his lines like on cue and on time, but because it's it's a robot, there's there's sort of no timing to them. There's no personality to the the the, the delivery of the lines, which no. is especially noticeable when Metal Mickey is appearing on other people's TV shows. So there's a clip um, that I saw of him appearing with uh, Russ Abbott, which I don't know if you've seen that one. No, you've you've really trolled the net, the metal Mickey, haven't you? You've thrown I've your done. net wide. That's all I've done. I tell you, my I'm deleting my internet search history after this episode for fear of the consequences. But um, the uh, no, there's so he appears on the Russ, on Russ Abbott's Madhouse, starring uh-huh. in a, in a sketch with uh, Russ Abbott playing Cooperman who was a sort of Superman-Tommy uh, Cooper hybrid. So it's already... Oh, I remember that. Yeah, you remember yeah. that. Yeah. And so he's got lines. They've got lines that, and, like, jokes that they have to they have to say, and which Metal Mickey does. But, like I said, there's no timing, there's no rhythm, there's no... So the jokes, like, feel very flat. What's the matter, Chitty Chops? Do you find my appearance alarming? <laughs> what do you expect? None of us look at our best at three in the morning. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, it's it's not a very enjoyable experience hearing Metal Mickey's because he's he's essentially like he's a one he's a sort of one liner gagsmith, isn't he? Oh yeah, has a nickname for everybody. Nickname for everybody. He's very sort of like, and I do you know what? I know people like this. He, I mean, it's oh, it's, it's banter, isn't it? It's it's, it's pre bants banter is what he does, and he basically takes the Mickey out of everybody. Well, maybe that's why he's called Metal Mickey. Oh my god. Um, That's why he's called that Mickey. <laughs> but he, he, but he, he basically, he, and, and he's really rude to everybody. He, he, yeah. like really sort of like un, constantly under, undermines people. <laughs> he basically is gaslighting everybody on his TV show. Metal Mickey, the gaslighting robot, lovely. <laughs> and so that is a, I think that is a big problem, and maybe that's the, one of the reasons because I do remember. I mean, this again is I, I was. Uh, seven when this this show started, so I would have been right in the sweet spot for it. Or maybe maybe I would have been a bit young. Maybe I was too young because I don't remember watching it at the time. I can remember Metal Mickey because he sort of occupied a cultural space, um, you know, th- that existed outside of his TV show. But I don't ever remember watching the Metal Mickey show. Well, according to you, he was on every TV program going. <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't even covered his appearance on the Generation Game either. <laughs> With a smorgasbord of robots. I mean, that is, as I was watching it, I was thinking, oh God, this is so up our street, isn't it? Because he appears in a game where people have to identify the robots. There are five robots, and there's um, Marvin the Paranoid Android from the TV show Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. K9. There's K9, that's right, from Doctor Who. There is um, R2-D2's on there. Mm-hmm. Then there's a Cyberman from uh, Doctor Who. And then there's Metal Mickey as well. It's like having to go into a police station after being robbed by a robot and they, they have this robot identity parade for you. The usual suspects. <laughs> exactly. Let's talk more, more generally about the Metal Mickey TV show. It's very much of its time. I was a little bit shocked at some of the content, actually. The parents were, were terrible. 
They were, weren't they? But this, it's yeah, funny got... that you've got like the mum who seems like she's probably in her thirties, and the dad who looks like he's in his sixties. Well, that was quite typical, though, isn't it? Around about that time, where you just had leading men in Hollywood movies that were far too old for the leading ladies. It was quite traditional. But and he really is a sort of pipe and slippers sort of dad, isn't he? Yeah, nineteen fifties dad. And she's yeah. she represents. She's just is in a coma. Oh, she looks. She looks. She acts like she's just come out of a coma. <laughs> and she has absolutely no idea where she is. And they've just dressed her up and shoved her on the set. So the mum and dad have got two, three kids. Three kids, Three yep. kids, all of which seem like they're being played by adults, but they're, the eldest kid talks about doing her O-levels, doesn't he? Or do, uh, A-levels, so it must be like 17, I guess, yeah. in the series. And to, to my 2022 eyes, it's sort of this horrible storyline that really is, is sort of her thing where... She's sort of obsessed, and the family are obsessed with the size of her boobs. Yeah. Which um, just seems, I mean, I, again, it's like, I mean, I know it was a different time, but it just seems crazy that that was a, that was a storyline. And was not, just, not just a storyline, but a, it's like her thing, isn't it? It's the thing that is like her shtick in the show. Yeah, she stands in front of the mirror doing exercises to increase the size of her boobs. Yeah. So along with the other kids, there's also the granny, who is... Uh, Irene Handel. The incredible Irene Handel. And actually, she is, I'd say, the best thing about this she show. She is. She's a consummate professional in that show. Yeah. And she can deliver lines really well. Yeah, she does. Yeah, I love her in it. And then there's the next-door neighbour, uh, who's sort of like, again, it's like classic sitcom, just pops... I mean, at one stage, climbs through the window... <laughs> She, that's all she does. I don't think she ever uses a door in the entire series. Constantly she just climbs through the bedroom window. Um, now, the, I just wanted to quickly mention the cast because a lot of the actors don't have any acting stems. Like the mum doesn't, the dad doesn't. Uh, Haley, who is the teenage daughter in it, she doesn't. So I'm, I'm, I'm just assuming that maybe they just did other things with their lives once, once, once Mel Mickey had finished. Um, but one of the people who has done, sort of had the most sort of extraordinary life since Metal Mickey is the next door neighbour who is called Janie, played by Lola Young. Ah. Did, did you find out what she's done in her life? Did no, you, I was you... looking at what Gary Shale did. <laughs> <laughs> Gary <laughs> Shale, who plays the son, the teenage son. Yeah. But he went on to be in the sequel to the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Shock Treatment. He played Oscar, Oscar Drill. Drill in a band which was called Oscar Drill and the Bits. And have you seen it? Oh, yeah, I love Shock Treatment. Yeah. It's one of my guilty pleasures. Okay, so Lola Young, on Wikipedia, she is known as Margaret Umalola Young, Baroness Young of Hornsey. Oh, yes, I did say that. She's, an, o she's an OBE, she's a crossbench peer, and she's the Chancellor of the University of Nottingham. But basically, after it says that she worked as a professional actress between 76 wow. and 84... She had been a residential social worker in Islington, in London, um, in the early 70s. But after she left Metal Mickey, she became co-director and training and development manager of uh, Hackney Arts Council. 
Um, then she became a, a lecturer at the Polytechnic West London and um, emeritus professor at Middlesex University. She's published lots of books about uh, gender and sexuality in, in, in the media. So, she, I mean, she has had just an extraordinary career post Metal Mickey. Um, but so she, she had was, a baptism by fire with gender and. <laughs> Gender and sexuality. She's gender and sexuality and metal Mickey. That's probably why she went into it. That's it. She will no doubt have done that. Well, let us take measurements. What for? You measured them only yesterday. Well, yes, but they're bigger now. I think. I've seen larger gooseberries. He's got a few special abilities, metal Mickey, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, he can make things float around. He tidies up the kids' bedroom. Yeah. Well, I think that's it, isn't it? No, it is not it. And this is slightly reminiscent of Thanos, I would say. What? Is that... <laughs> what the... That's a leap. Is that whenever he sneezes, people disappear. <sighs> so it's like he's got like a pre-snap snap. It's a sneeze. <laughs> it's a sneeze, yes. So he can vanish people as well. Um but but only one at a time, where obviously Thanos can do billions billions all at once, can't he? Yes, he can bulk disappear. <laughs> now, the other thing that uh, Metal Mickey has is a catchphrase. Boogie, boogie, boogie. Yeah, that's his, uh, that's his catchphrase. And, and, and other robots have had catchphrases. Go on. Danger, danger, Will Robinson is B9 from Lost in Space. Biddy, biddy, biddy is... Tweaky, yeah, who Buck, was Buck Rogers. voiced by Mel Blanc. Yeah, it was. Are you right? I, I, think, I knew that. I think it was Mel Blanc's last job. <gasps> oh, and if anyone doesn't know who Mel Blanc is, he's the voice of Bugs Bunny and the vast majority of those cartoon characters from that golden age of animation. A genius. He was a genius. True genius. Now, did you find out what happened to Metal Mickey after the TV show finished? No, I didn't. Um, there's nothing on how he was built. Uh, there's nothing on um, John Edwards' interest in robotics or anything or what happened to him afterwards. No, you're right. I mean, it is, it's essential. I mean, it's almost... <laughs> Perhaps I'm drawing too big a parallel. Too strange a parallel. But, I mean... You've he's... already done Thanos, so fill your boots. <laughs> he's almost like Christ, isn't he? Oh, my God. <laughs> you think that... You, we, we, we've got his origin story. We know how he's born. Uh, and there's nothing oh. at all. And then uh, there was a newspaper article last year, so the 4th of December 2021, which was about the fact that Johnny Edwards had died in August of 2021. Uh, he was 75, and he wasn't thought to have any children or, or direct next of kin. Um, and so somebody, when they were cleaning out Johnny Edwards' house, found... A rusting metal Mickey in oh. his in his garage or his property, and so there was a, a a campaign to sort of save Metal Mickey and to try and stop him being thrown away. So it's a slightly sad end to um, to Christ. Uh, sorry, to Metal Mickey. Thanos. <laughs> to Thanos. Thanos <laughs> rubbish. Yeah. So I mean, in 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 a, in a sense, his sort of slightly sad demise it's you know probably echoes his slightly sad existence as well i mean i mean i know 12 million people can't be wrong but i mean my 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 takeaway from from this deep dive into metal mickey is that 
he was a very shit robot. Yes, very shit robot and politically incorrect. Yeah. I mean, and that doesn't even that doesn't even cover it, does it? Because you know, no. you can imagine you can imagine you after saying that somebody like be, "Oh god, yes. Another we go. is the tofu eating wokerati." <laughs> leaping into action, but and and you could maybe argue that Metal Mickey is is like a like a weather vane for sort of sexual politics in the 1980s, but it is, makes for such an uncomfortable watch. It is awful. It's it's uncomfortable because it it's it's awfully timed as well, and the kids are dreadful. They they just you wouldn't want them as your your children. They're you know even the genius son doesn't even get that much of a look in because he's they don't really know what to do with somebody who's particularly clever yeah well like this podcast we've we've <laughs> that's the first time he's been mentioned <laughs> and, well, yeah. and and ken who is the the uh, the brain box son is the is the creator of metal wiki isn't he according he is. to the tv show he builds him and creates him and yet we've we've completely ignored little kenny I've just found a Sun newspaper thing saved in the nick of time. <gasps> TV robot is plucked to safety from scrapyard. Well, what a what a happy ending! A, a happy ending to to end off this podcast. I think um, I found an Easter egg in it as well. Did you? Mm-hmm. What was it? Irene Handel who's in it, yeah. who's also in another robot film from the forties called The Perfect Woman. Oh yeah, she. Uh, was a huge Elvis Presley fan, and she was the president of the Lewisham branch of the Elvis Presley fan club. And in episode two of Metal Mickey, she, Irene Handel, and her, her character with Metal Mickey is doing the kids' homework, and she writes, Elvis lives all over their homework books. That's such a great little little spot. <laughs> so, there we have it. Metal Mickey, done. If you would like us to dusted, dusted. If you would like us to step outside of our fifty-year time frame and examine a shit robot from uh, earlier or later uh, than nineteen twenty-seven to nineteen seventy-seven, then do let us know. Just get in touch via Twitter at fifty yosr. That's f i f t y y o s r, or Instagram at fifty years of shit robots. Uh, let us know what you think and also use those channels to keep your eye on the Robot World Cup that is now in play. Um, in fact, this is going out on Monday and the matchup today is K9 from Doctor Who versus the Ed 209 from Robocop. It's a battle of the nines. Competitors, are you ready? And we'll be back next Monday with another thrilling instalment in the nearly award-winning podcast, 50 Years of Shit Robots. Until we meet again, goodbye. Goodbye. Nobody cares.